Hey, listen, sometimes you're going to get overlooked by man, but you will never get overlooked by God. My God shall supply all your need. Sometimes your job's going to run out, your money's going to run out, your time's going to run out, but my God shall supply all your need. Hey, your ideas are going to run out, your energy's going to run out, you're going to get tired one day if you're not already, And but my God shall supply all your need. Hey guys, it's Rob. Welcome to day 19 of our Fast from Wrong Thinking. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for sticking with us for the last couple weeks. Today, we're fasting from the thought that says, I don't have enough. So we're gonna bring you one of Gregory Dickhouse TV episodes called God Shall Supply all your needs. And speaking of which, for those of you that may not know, you can catch Gregory Dickow on TV every Sunday on TBN at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can check out the full broadcast schedule on GregoryDickow.com. You can also find these episodes on demand uh, on the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search Gregory Dickow, and you can catch it there. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's dive in. David is, is fleeing from Saul because Saul's trying to kill him because David has just killed Goliath. David has become stronger and more powerful than Saul. And Saul became jealous and tried to get rid of David. So David escaped. He didn't fight back. He didn't he didn't try to fight back the, the, the man of God or the anointed king that was that was in his life. Instead, he left there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And verse two, it says, and everyone. Now, this grabbed me a couple of weeks ago. Then when we started talking about this, that it, he didn't just say a few people. He said everyone who was in distress, say everyone. He said everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. This scripture represents the three fallen conditions of man or the three conditions of fallen man. When man fell, when man sinned, when man walked away from God, when Adam and Eve walked away from God, these three things came into humanity. Distress, which is being ruled over by your emotions and debt which is being ruled by your need, not having enough for your needs, being without being in debt and discontentment. And what discontentment is, is that sense of of unfulfillment, unhappiness, being dissatisfied, not learning the secret of being content, being happy, happiness, this unhappiness, this discontentment, this uh, bitterness, this this unfulfillment. We feel a hole inside of us. So the, if you look at the world today, you can see that this scripture is so true about everybody without Jesus, whoever is and even Christians, because they, they haven't learned how to be, become a captain over their condition. They become a captive to their condition. And we've got to make up our mind where we're, we're not going to become we're not going to remain captives to our conditions, we're going to become captains over our condition. It says, and David became captain over them. And I don't believe this scripture is just referring to that he became captain over their, these men, but he became captain over these three conditions as well. And when you accept Jesus Christ, your savior and Lord, because David here is a picture of Jesus coming soon. You know, Jesus is going to this is hundreds of years before Jesus comes to the earth. And David is a picture of Jesus and everyone who's in distress, being ruled by your emotions, everyone who's in debt, being indebted to sin 
or indebted to finances or indebted to anything, that you owe something, that you're always coming up short, that there's always a lack, there's always a need in your life that is not being met, that is not being fulfilled, that is not being satisfied, that is not being supplied. And this discontentment where you feel empty and you're constantly trying to find satisfaction, whether it's through money or through people or through uh, success. None of these things can truly fill the discontentment in our soul. Only Jesus, his love, his presence can fill the, the discontentment in our soul. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. These three conditions are what has plagued mankind and what continues to plague mankind even today. But Jesus has the answer. Jesus gives us the power over our emotions. He gives us power over our needs. He gives us power over the holes in our life and the unhappiness and discontentment in our lives. He is the answer. His word is the answer. And as we understand his word better, we begin to experience his victory more as we understand his grace, as we understand the knowledge of God, knowing God's word and knowing his promises and knowing him. That's when we experience the life that God intended us to experience. We become all that God intended us to become in Christ when we're born again. The first debt that 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 we that we get freed from is we get freed from the debt of our sin that you do you know that you don't have to pay for your sins because Jesus already paid for them on the cross. Jesus paid for your sins, so he frees us from the debt of our sin. But he also frees us from the debt of whatever needs we have. God wants to supply all of your needs. And I want to show you how he's going to supply all of your needs. And that's what we're going to focus on. But even here, when he says everyone was discontented, Paul, the apostle understands the secret of contentment. If you look in verse 12, Paul is giving us a secret in Philippians chapter four, verse 12. He said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. What is the secret? He says in verse 13, for I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Keep going. Verse 14. I want you to see this. Nevertheless, you've done well that you shared in my distress. Remember, he talked about distress. So look at what happens when they shared in giving and receiving, because I want to show you and we're talking about God will supply. God shall supply all your need. Say that God shall supply all my need. Now, Paul goes on to say, even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again, you sent more than once for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift. Paul says not that I'm seeking the gift. I'm more concerned about what's going to happen to you when you learn about giving and receiving, when you learn about generosity, when you learn about handling your finances and not being ruled over, not letting your finances control your decisions, but making your decisions based on God's wisdom. And then your finances will take on the nature, your needs, your supply, God's supply will take on the form of whatever is necessary to supply your need. He says, I don't seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. He said, because I'm I'm fine. Verse 18, he says, I have all, I have everything I need. I'm full. I've received from Epaphroditus the things you sent and a sweet smelling aroma and acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God. See, now this leads up to verse 19, the, the idea that these people understood how to give, how to be generous, how generous God had been with them, how forgiving God had been with them. They understood the gospel has to get spread. The gospel has to reach the world. The gospel has to touch people's lives. When you tap into the things that matter to God, 
is saving the world. The thing that matters to God most is people getting saved. The thing that matters most to God is people hearing about his love and hearing about his grace. And these people understood that they they would become vessels and vehicles of God meeting spiritual needs in people's lives. And God would make sure to supply all of their need. They this is basically the arrangement God made. If you will take care of helping the gospel meet the true spiritual needs of all humanity and all mankind, then I will make sure that you don't have to worry about your needs being supplied. Paul says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What a beautiful promise from God. It's in Christ Jesus that this is this promise is validated. It's in Christ Jesus that God's answer to this promise is yes. In Christ, all the promises of God are yes. And so we have to remember that it's in Christ God supplies all of our needs, but it's in understanding that, Lord, I'm going to be a vessel of of getting the gospel out. It's not everybody's called to be a preacher, but everybody's called to learn how to be a vessel of generosity, giving and receiving, understanding how God meets your needs, understanding how God supplies all your need. You think your job supplies all your need? It can't. How many know that your job can supply some of your need, but there's there's there are needs that we have in our lives that money can't buy. There are needs we have in our lives our business can't give us. There are needs we have in our lives people can't give us. But my God shall supply all your need. You know, your your job will not be able to supply all your need, but my God shall supply all of your need. You know, your wisdom might will not be able to supply all your need, but my God shall supply all your need. You know, your your business is not going to be able to supply all your need, but my God shall supply all you know when you get a hold of what kind of God you serve, what kind of God has saved you, what kind of God has rescued you, how generous he is, how kind he is, how gracious he is. My God shall supply all your need. We got to stop focusing on people. People got to give me a break. People got to promote me. People got to recognize how good I am. Nobody has to recognize anything. But God, my God will supply all your need. Hey, listen, sometimes you're going to get overlooked by man, but you will never get overlooked by God. My God shall supply all your need. Sometimes your job's going to run out, your money's going to run out, your time's going to run out, but my God shall supply all your need. Hey, your ideas are going to run out, your energy's going to run out, you're going to get tired one day if you're not already. And but my God shall supply all your need. We're seeking the answers, we're seeking the, the secret to to long life and we're trying to eat better and we're trying to exercise better and we're trying to we're trying to think better and we're trying to do better and we're trying to to understand better and we're trying to trying to find the the secret to 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 long life and and man what what kind of life is what kind of life is it to be a long life but a life of de- full of depression where god is not supplying the joy that you need where God's not supplying the peace that you need. Well, my God shall supply. It doesn't say he may or he might. It doesn't even say that he can, although it's very true that he can. But it says he shall. That is a promise. He shall. It's not a it's not a it's not a possibility. It's a promise. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God, is he your God? 
Have you have you invited Jesus to become the captain over your distress, the captain over your debt, the captain over your discontentment? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord? Because if you have, then he will become the captain over your distress. He will become the captain over your debt. He will become the captain over your discontentment. But he will also make you a captain over your distress and he will make you a ruler over your needs and he will make you a ruler and a king and a priest before him. He has made you that and our discovery of understanding who he's made us will bring us into a new level of fulfillment, a new level of emotional peace, a new level of debt freedom, a new level of financial freedom and freedom from worry and anxiety, because there are a lot of people with a lot of money that still have a lot of worry on their plate. In fact, sometimes the more money you have, the more you worry and get anxious about keeping it, holding on to it, making sure you don't lose it. But if we would tap into God's system of not being in not being dependent on the government, not being dependent even on our own jobs, our businesses, that your your seed is what meets your need, not you having the perfect job. It's it's oh, I just I just God, give me a better job. No, my God shall supply all your need. He could do it through a job. He could do it through an idea. He could do it through a business. He could do it through an inheritance. I'm not saying don't go to work and I'm not saying don't look for a job if you're without one. You should by all means knock on a thousand doors until somebody says yes. Come on. But but you cannot put your dependence upon this world's economic system. It will crumble. It will fall. It will fail. It has failed over time and time again. Man's whatever man trusts in will fail. But what unless his trust unless his trust is in the Lord. Right. Boy, we get a hold of this and you see, you have to be free from what other people do to you. In other words, don't give people power and control over your emotions. You got to be free from people dependence. You got to be free from money dependence and you got to be free from from this, what the world has to offer to make you happy and your your dependence on something on the outside, filling the hole on the inside. This is what the scripture means that everyone who is in distress, everyone who is in debt and everyone who is in discontentment came to David and they gathered and he became captain over them. So I want you to see that scripture on two different levels, that Jesus is the captain of your life. When you accept him as the Lord and savior of your life, he becomes captain and gives you his freedom and gives you his provision. But you also need to see that you're like David. David is a symbol of Jesus in the Old Testament. And he's also a symbol of us as believers and that we need to learn how to operate and navigate in our authority so we can experience the peace that passes understanding, the supply to all our need and the happiness that comes, the contentment that comes from knowing that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. Are you still with me? So let's 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 navigate through this. Let's go back to David's life and what made these people what made everybody be drawn to David? Like, how did David get how did he overcome? We know how he overcame his emotional issues or his 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 emotions ruling over him. We learned that last week. How did he how did he conquer his need? How did how did he tap into God's supply? Well, I want you to see something here. Go over to first Samuel, chapter 17, verse 22. It says David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper. So David was watching the sheep. And while he was watching the sheep, Goliath threatened Israel and he was looking for somebody among the Israeli army 
to fight him. And whoever wins that represents their nation. So Israel overcomes the Philistines or the Philistines overcome Israel. Goliath either beats the best champion that Israel can provide or one of Israel's champions beats Goliath in a in a one on one duel is what this is. It's a one on one duel. And he comes and scares everybody in the in the army of Israel. David leaves the supplies. He comes to the army and he comes to greet his brothers. And it says in verse 23, then as he talked with them, there was the champion of the Philistines, the champion of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And verse 24, look at what it says. And the men of Israel, when they saw the man, when they saw the giant, they fled. It says in verse uh, 25. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him. Now, remember how this ties together and talking about how David tapped into God's supply to all of his need. So they say the man that kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches. That's kingly provision. He will give him his daughter. That's kingly relationships. And he will give his father's house exempt exemption from taxes in Israel. That's being free from debt for the rest of your life. This was the promise to anyone that would kill the giant. So verse 26 goes on to say, so David spoke to the men who stood who stood by him saying, what? What? Shall be done. Let me get this straight. David's asking. They just said this is what's going to be done for the man that kills the giant. He's going to get through all the riches. He's going to the king is going to enrich him. The king is going to give him his daughter and the king is going to make him tax free, debt free the rest of his life. So. David wants to be sure. So he said, let me just make this. Let me just make get this straight. What is going to be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Because who is this uncircumcised Philistine who should defy the armies of the living God. Just tell me again what's going to be done for this man, because I'm about to do it to this man. I'm about to kill. The, I'm about to take this giant out. I don't care what's been done to me. I don't care what my brothers think about me. I don't care what my father thinks about me. I'm taking this giant out. I just want to be sure what what can I expect when I do it? I'm not wondering if I'm going to take him out. I am going to take this giant out. And when I do, can you say again one more time? I want to get it in writing again as well. What is it? It is in writing. It's in the Bible. What should be done for the man that kills the giant? And they repeated to him exactly. This is what's going to be done. The three things. So he says he says back in the earlier verse and then they repeat it again. He says, yep, exactly. He's going to richly. The king is going to enrich you. The king's going to give you his daughter and the king is going to make sure that your household is exempt from owing anything. That's debt freedom. That's debt cancellation. That's owing nobody anything. Oh, oh, no man, anything except to love them. The Bible says. Chapter 17, verse 26. And it says, then David spoke to the men who stood by him back to this verse where he says, what shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine takes away the reproach from Israel. Now, notice what he says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine who tossed the armies of the living God? Now, herein lies the secret to God's provision for your life, God's supply for your life is these words, this uncircumcised 
Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine. What does it mean to be an uncircumcised Philistine? Now, forget about what it means today, circumcision or uncircumcision. But think about what it meant then. What did this word mean to be uncircumcised circumcision? Look at what it says in Genesis 17, verse 11. Let's go deep here for just a minute. 17. Here it is. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. It will be a sign of what? The covenant between God and Abraham and God and between God and mankind. And what happens here is so circumcision is the is the sign of the covenant. So uncircumcisions, uncircumcised Philistine means this guy doesn't have a covenant with God, but I do. Now, listen, we're not we're not talking about our a battle with people. In this case, it was a battle of people, but our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? You have a giant in your life. You have a problem in your life. You have a, an issue in your life trying to intimidate you and trying to take what you've got and try to rule over you. And God says that you're the one who has a covenant. That problem doesn't have a covenant. That's why that problem has to submit to you. That mountain doesn't have a covenant. That's why you have to say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Uh, your financial problems don't have a covenant. Your debt doesn't have a covenant. You have a covenant with God. God said, I'm making a covenant with you. I'm going to supply. I'm going to provide everything you need. I will supply and I will provide. A covenant with God is an agreement between Jesus and you uh, between God and you through Jesus Christ. God says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to I'm forgiving you of all your sins. That's my covenant promise. I'm going to deliver you from all your all that ails you. That's a covenant promise. I'm going to provide for all of your needs. That's a covenant promise. And David understood first he was anointed as a king. And so are you. And second, he had a covenant with God. He knew he had a covenant with God and the Philistine didn't. This uncircumcised Philistine, this uncircumcised financial problem this uncircumcised sickness, this sickness doesn't have a covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. This fear doesn't have a covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. This worry doesn't have a covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. Whoa, everything in your life you see, you got to realize you got to be a covenant minded person. I have a covenant with God. He promises that whatever he did in Abraham's life, he'll do in my life because I have a covenant with God through Jesus Christ. So I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed with Abraham, the believer and free from the curse of poverty and lack and blessed with all of God's provision for forgiveness, healing, deliverance, whatever it is that you need. God shall supply all your need. And David understood this. Well, when you get a hold of this, everything is going to be all right. Just remember, it's not about what we deserve. It's all about understanding that God has made a covenant with us through his blood, which means he guarantees in blood he will supply all of your needs. It's his covenant promise. It can't be broken. Your King Jesus will supply all of your needs. You know, when I got free from the doubt and worry about trying to get all my needs met and uh, trying to find all the ways, you know, the Bible says that as we seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, all these things are added to us. When I stopped trying to add things to me and when I really understood that all I've got to do is follow the simple steps of believing God, acting on his word, everything changed in my life. Peace came and supply came, provision came and is coming for you as well. All we need to do is realize he has an unlimited supply 
And when we put a demand on that supply, when we ask, when we make a request, our request known to God, His covenant promises kick in. And when you believe that, everything really is going to be all right. Now, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that every person watching this broadcast right now has hope. Give them hope today that things can turn around beginning today, that you are their provider and you shall supply in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, don't forget to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. And next Sunday, I'm going to show you how God is going to right every wrong in your life. He is the, your ultimate avenger. And I look forward to being with you right here next Sunday. Remember, set your DVR to record the program so you never have to miss our next broadcast. And I can't wait to see you then. God bless. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can get all of these TV episodes on demand on Gregory Dickow's YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search Gregory Dickow, and his channel will pop up. You can subscribe there so you get notifications when he uploads new content, when he goes live. Uh, so stay connected there, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow for day 20. Can't wait. See you then.